Hi guys, so it's Friday, the night before Christmas, and the last episode I am doing this year. So I'm decided I decided to go all out. And as promised, I'm going to spill the dirt and answer all your toughest questions that you've ever sent me during these four seasons. So now I've been doing this podcast for two years. I started in the beginning of last year, so almost two years. And I have to say, it's been an amazing, amazing journey for myself, um, learning so much from my past mistakes. I still listen to the episodes of season one and I, I really cringe and I cannot believe I put up with the shit I did. So in that sense, I am proud because doing the podcast helped me a lot learn how to practice more self-love and to understand that by no means we are forced or we should accept any kind of relationship that is not fantastic. So I am still single, but I have to say I'm in such a much, much better place. And yes, I am not sure why I'm still single, but I would say that a huge part of it is that I am pickier and pickier and pickier. The more I work on my projects, the more I work on myself, the more I realize my self-worth, the pickier I get. I just decided I am never going to put up with certain behaviors that I did uh, from those dates on season one and so many stories that I told you guys. So I, if for anything, if you listen to the podcast or if you never did before, um, I highly recommend maybe you go back to season one and listen to some of those stories. And those stories are what absolutely no woman in the world should put up with. It should serve as a thermometer for huge no-nos in a relationship. So if you <clears throat> listen to my journey and it gives you strength to find the right person and understand that you deserve to be 1 million percent fulfilled in your relationships, then I feel I did something super, super worthwhile. So here we go. Uh, I get this question a lot. Who was the toughest guest I ever had? And this, um, it's a tough one to answer because I really like her as a person. But I have to say it was a huge surprise. And this one was Adriana Demora. She uh, used to be on TV on uh, Housewives of Miami. And I'm not sure if she's back or not because I hardly ever watch TV or that show. I invited her to do an episode of season one. And she was super sweet. She agreed to do it. She was incredibly adorable during the episode so adorable that we talked and I offered to meet her and I said hey I think you're amazing and you have a great Instagram account let's work together I offered to help her um in her business because she knew nothing about doing social media and she's a talent and she's a person that that was on tv so we met and we had a few meetings and I thought we were even becoming friends. We went out, we socialized. I took her to the Soho house. And then I managed to arrange a huge photo shoot for her and a brand that of silk pillowcases that wanted her to shoot some marketing for them. So I put this huge photo shoot together 
and I, I find the photographer incredible location, incredible, a six star apartment, multi-million dollar apartment in Sunny Isles, which is a place in, in, in Miami beach. I, I invite my friend who owns a luxury hair salon in Boca to come do her hair and makeup. Anyways, I try to make everything as fantastic as possible for her. I invite a couple of my friends who are magazine owners down in Miami. So we have this whole huge crew for a whole full day photo shoot. And as protocol in any big job with a lot of people involved, I send out um, a timesheet the night before, basically saying, hey, hair and makeup, you need to be there at such and such time, this and such and such time. So everybody's on time, everybody respects each other and the job is smooth. So that's super, super standard. Anyways, the day of the photo shoot, she was over two hours late and acting like a prima donna before she got there, when she got there, the entire day, just basically acting super entitled. Like, I don't care if people are waiting for me because I hurt my back and it's my right, blah, blah, blah. And I was completely shocked and so sad because I thought, well, that's not the sweet girl I interviewed. And I have worked in LA my entire life. I've seen every celebrity you can think of. I've worked on TV sets, on movie sets. And usually the most famous ones, the most successful ones are super down to earth, humble, and incredibly respectful of everybody else's schedule and everybody else's time. And I was really sad because... I pulled a lot of favors to make everything phenomenal for her. And she was incredibly rude, arrogant, disrespectful. And I honestly don't care who you are. I'm going to call it out if you're disrespectful to my crew or people that I invited to work with us. I think that to me, that's like a, a huge killer if you lack respect. So the whole day, yeah, the photo shoot came out. The, they did the photos. Everything was great. And at the very end, I mean, we're running super late. We're running like, of course, more than two hours, like three hours late. And everybody has things they got to do at home. And everybody's staying behind to accommodate her. And at the very, very end, she grabs her suitcase to leave and she looks at my friend who is a magazine owner and says oh you just carry that down for me will you and my friend is so chill and so cool she looked at her and said sure I was a flight attendant in my youth <laughs> and she goes and grabs the suitcase and brings it down um so the next day I call her and she starts basically yelling at me on the phone that she wasn't going to take orders, that her back was hurt and she could arrive whenever the hell she wanted. And who did I think I was to tell her she had to be there at a certain time, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, I wish you the very best, but we will never, ever work together again. And I stand by what I said, and this is why I'm telling the story, because I said I'm going to be 1 million percent truthful with everything you guys ask me. I was shocked, absolutely shocked, because the sweet, sweet girl I interviewed was not that bitch on wheels that showed up on that set. And honestly, it doesn't matter how famous you are, which TV show you've been on. It's just awful to see somebody mistreating people. And being over two hours late... My friend, who is the hairstylist and makeup artist, 
uh, was there with her assistant, had another job afterwards. So, I mean, everybody was doing the best they could to accommodate her. And she was just awfully nasty. So, yeah, that was that's why I said she was my toughest guest, because I really honestly never expected that she would behave like that. I actually invited her back to the podcast to talk about it to see if she wanted to see, say her side of the story, but she didn't even answer me. Everybody I, I speak about on the podcast is always, always invited to come and agree or disagree. I always say that this is a 100% organic conversation. Not everybody needs to agree with me, but I think we need to be respectful of other people's jobs and other people's time so i was super super sad about that one so needless to say we're not friends anymore we've never spoke again and i wish her the best today and always like i do to every woman on the planet especially hard-working girls like we are but i have to say something being disrespectful to an entire crew is a huge huge no-no in my book number two let's uh, heat it up a little bit did I ever date or have sex with any one of my guests? <laughs> date, not really. Um, have sex, yes. I did have sex with Adonis, who was one of the most controversial episodes I ever did. <laughs> He's the swinger. The guy's obsessed with swinging. And I was actually, <clears throat> sorry kind of heard about that one because when we had sex I didn't know he was married I knew he was a swinger but he lied to me and he told me he was getting a divorce and he was separated so we did end up having sex and I have to say it wasn't that great since the guy is so obsessed with swinging he's not really interested in having sex with one person he's just interested in having quick sex with you and convincing you to go to the swingers club with him. It was an interesting experience. Did I go to the swingers club? Yes, I did. Uh, it's not that big of a deal. It's like the front of it is like a nightclub and a bar. And I tell you, 90% of the couples go there literally to just sit down and, and look at all the couples. It's more like voyeurism than anything else. And that's pretty much what we did. We were like kissing and making out and looking at all the couples. And one thing that really did turn me on, uh, there's like this big, big couch, like long couch around the dance floor. So we were sitting on the couch, just kissing and making out. And he made me sit on his lap and he lifted my skirt and we had sex right there. And everybody on the dance floor was, was like staring at my back, staring at us. And I did not know that because I've never did it before, but it gave me a huge, huge rush <laughs> knowing that so many people were staring at me having sex. It really, really, really turned me on. I know a lot of women, and I told a couple of my girlfriends that they were so freaking judgmental about it. Oh my God, I can't believe you did that. Oh, you let people watch. Listen, if it's not for you, don't do it. I am so glad I had that experience. And yeah, I didn't know how I was going to feel, but it, it, it was a huge turn on to me. And then there was a couple sitting near us. The guy 
try to copy us he puts his girlfriend or wife whatever on his lap and like hey come on let's have sex here i want everybody to watch because the men of course were so turned on because they couldn't see my body at all because he didn't take my clothes off he just literally lifted my skirt but the and the girl was like oh no i'm so embarrassed no 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 no. and i understand most girls would be but i felt in that environment i was there like my mom would say if you're in the rain you might as well get wet <laughs> so i did it we did not go back there back there is like when you want to have full-blown sex with multiple people and i didn't feel like doing that um but yeah this experience with adonis was absolutely amazing and i'm glad i did it would i do it again i would not do it again like with him with a casual guy um if i were dating someone if i was in a serious relationship with someone and my guy wanted to try it out or was into it i think i most definitely would but again that's another thing that i learned from doing all of these things that i am not into casual sex i want something more intimate to me what happens with the person after we leave the club is just as important like the after is just as important as the during so i decided i want to have a partner that goes home with me that sleeps with me that snuggles me that wakes me up in the middle of the night and wants to have sex with me that basically i want a partner that wants to do all of these things with me but it was super 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 interesting so if anybody out there is curious about the world of swinging first you guys should go back to season two. There are two episodes with the swinger. He was super open and honest about it. And then if you guys have more questions, DM me, send me a WhatsApp, send me an email, and I'll answer you girls or guys about my experience as a woman. But I know I have a lot of girlfriends that ask me a lot about it and they feel super intimidated, but it's a nice place. At least the one I went to is this famous one in, in Fort Lauderdale. It's cheesy like hell. And yeah, there are all kinds of people, super high-end, classic, classic couples and the low of the low of the low. And you don't have to do anything you don't want to. And like I said, once you get in, it's like more normal than you would think. It's literally a dance club and a bar. And some people even eat there. There's like a cheesy buffet. But most people that's all they want to do they want to kiss and hug and maybe look at other couples dance with other couples and then they're the hardcore swingers that go to the back then you take all your clothes off and you have sex with multiple partners but anyway that was my experience and there was another guest that i had sex with and this one really is kind of awful <clears throat> and i'm embarrassed to say because again by the time i found out the guy was married we were already having sex and i think he was a scumbag for doing that because I met him at a job that we were both at in Miami. And I'm not going to get into too much detail about the job because, again, he's married and I don't want to hurt anybody. Although a lot of my girlfriends said, hey, his wife should know because he's a disgusting asshole. After the job, I found out that he approaches tons of women during the job. And that's how he approached me. We were doing social media to promote the job and he started texting me. But he made it seem like it was all about work. 
that I had an amazing Instagram account and he needed help with his Instagram. And then when I told him I did social media management, he was like, oh my God, I need your help. No, no, no. Let's go out tomorrow night after we're done with work and you can tell me all about it. Let's have dinner. And I am such a, was such a freaking naive idiot. I believed him that it was going to be all about work. And I picked him up at a job because I wasn't working the next day. And we had dinner and we had two bottles of wine talking about work and so excited and about the projects and we're both creative minds, da da da, and how we had a lot in common. After two bottles of wine, it's like, oh my God, this night is so much fun. I love it. Let's go back to my hotel room. Hotel room because he didn't live in town. <clears throat> Sorry, guys, I'm like super allergic today. But anyways, an idiot me again. I, I'm like, what am I thinking? I'm so drunk at that point. I go back to the guy's room and two more hours, well into the night, we're talking about work, work, brainstorming, all the things we're going to do. That are At one point when I see it, the guy kisses me and I'm so hammered and I just, oh, fuck it. And we end up in bed having sex. And in the middle of the night he blurts out something like during sex, you know, like some fantasy that his wife was in the living room. And so Shh, be quiet, be quiet. She can listen to us. And I was like, you know, in the middle of my drunkenness, stupor, I was like, are you serious? Are you married? And he was like, yes, I am. And I was so upset. I was so upset. So I kind of gather my surroundings and I put my clothes on. I think it was 2, 33 o'clock in the morning. I said, you know what? I'm going to go home. I'm going to sleep at home. And the a-hole looks at me and said, no, you shouldn't go. You can sleep here. And I said, no, thank you. And I actually left the hotel, made a huge mistake. I drove home drunk. Thank God and the angels that I didn't get arrested. But the next morning when I woke up, I was like, oh, my God. What a huge mistake. What a huge mistake believing in this a-hole, believing in his bullshit. What a huge mistake having sex with him. And even worse, bring coming home drunk, I could have ended up in fucking jail because of this idiot. And you guys are not going to believe that. I had invited him to be a guest on my podcast and he had accepted. And the interview was scheduled for the next day. So the next day I wake up with a hangover from hell and a moral hangover, and I have to get dressed up and go back to the hotel and do the podcast interview, which we did in a public place at the pool area, and it was so awkward. It was so awkward. He treated me like he barely knew me, like nothing happened, like he was this perfect, all family-oriented a-hole that he makes believe to everyone that he is, and I did the interview, and I was like, oh, my God, I cannot believe I'm so freaking naive. Again, I learned something huge from that. You cannot believe, and I know you guys are going to laugh at me because I'm not a freaking teenager, but you cannot believe everything somebody tells you. You need to do your due diligence. Investigate. Like, Google the guy. Look at their <coughs> social media. If I would have looked at his social media alone, I would have seen that he has a wife. So to this day, I feel awful, awful, awful about it. A couple of my girlfriends that know the story told me, oh, you should tell his wife. He's such a pig. I found out he does the same thing to other women. I talked to another girl that was working on this project. And she said, oh, yeah, no, he texts me too. He does that to everybody. But 
and I kind of don't think it's my place to tell his wife. I don't know if his wife knows or not. Some people say they know the husband they have, but even if she does, and if she's really that naive, I don't think it's my place to tell her. I think it's up to her to to choose to figure out what kind of a man her husband is and if she is okay staying married to him or not. But I really feel awful about it. And I swore to myself, I never, ever, ever want to get tangled up with a married guy. I don't want the karma for me. I'm not in the world to hurt other women. And I don't want to be with a person that lies. I think it's disgusting. It's awful. It's gross. And I really feel super, super bad about it. Um, next question that you guys ask me, if I ever lost someone, a boyfriend or a date because of the podcast, because I talk about sex, dating and relationships. And first, I want to say that I think it's ridiculous. Today, this is how I feel. If someone doesn't accept your work, whatever it is, they're not for you, period. No woman should be ashamed of anything she decides to do. I think we should have normalized women talking about sex and about dating and about relationships a long, long time ago. And it absolutely amazes me that this day and age, sex is freaking taboo. Uh, I give you an example, Instagram. Instagram is the biggest hypocrisy on the planet. It's a super important marketing platform for uh, a lot of people like myself because that's where we promote our art. And if you write the word sex, they think you're a freaking porn star or you're like selling sex and they block the account or they shadow ban the account, meaning they show it less and less and less. And they put a red flag on the account, which is ridiculous because there are many, many different ways of talking about sex. Sex is not just an underground, dirty, creepy industry. So many women out there are frustrated sexually, are embarrassed of telling their partners what they want, have crappy sex lives because they grow up with all these taboos about it. So I think it's so, so important to demystify the subject and basically just say, look, we can talk about whatever the hell we want. Men have been doing it forever and ever and ever. All of my guy friends, I talk to them all the time. They openly talk about what they like, what they don't like, who they fuck. Sorry, but that's how they talk or who they don't, what they do, what they don't. And nobody says a thing. And if we talk about it, we are labeled as, oh my God, she's promiscuous. Oh, she's a whore. She's this, she's that, she's that. And it should not be that way. So my biggest wish and I don't even do enough sex episodes. And that's one of the top things you guys ask me. Bring in more sex experts. Bring, let's do more sex episodes. Let's talk more about it. And I promise on the next year, the year to come, the next seasons, I will do that for me and for you guys. Because it's such an important part of life. It should be a huge part of our lives. It's healthy. It's great. And like I said, it should be just as normal for women as it is for men. And that doesn't make us a freaking whore. So yeah, uh, I was dating an Italian guy last year and it started out great. He was much older than me, very successful businessman in Miami. 
but he had a lot of characteristics that I love. He was an old fashioned gentleman and we just got along great. And so for three months we were dating and everything is like smooth sailing. You know, when it's so smooth, you're like, oh, it's too good to be true. And then sure enough, just before Thanksgiving, I don't even know who it was. Somebody approached me and said, hey, here, did you ever bother listening to her podcast? And this person picked the most X-rated episode that I had done. It was really raw. It was about a horrible, horrible experience of a date that I had. And I really put it out there and described it in detail because it was important for the context, 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 <laughs> the con, not contest, context of the story that I was telling. So anyways, my Italian boyfriend decides to listen to it. And then he calls me kicking and screaming and basically said, oh, my God, you sound like a porn star. How disgusting. How can you talk about sex like this in public? This is so gross and screaming and screaming and screaming and yelling at me. And I was so nervous. I was shaking. I go and delete the episode, which is something I regret very, very, very much. I did not stand my ground. And he hung up on me and then he sends me a message. Oh, I need a break. I need a few days to calm down. I need a few days to think this through. And during those days, during that break, this is the sad part. I felt bad for him. I should have said, you know what? Go fuck yourself. Go find somebody that is perfect and wonderful and that doesn't talk about sex. Obviously, I'm not for you. But instead, I kept sending him messages. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. It was the only one I deleted it. And I regret my behavior because I should have stood my ground. I should not have changed my work and my opinion and what I do because this guy decided to criticize the crap out of me. Turned out, no, and you guys see how life is, real life is so much better than any fiction. Turned out a few days later, he traveled with his daughters. He went to Colorado with his daughters to ski. He caught COVID. He came back and he was hospitalized with COVID. And from the hospital, he sends me these messages that he was really sick, that he wasn't doing well. So I never saw him again. Uh, he's was was hospitalized for almost a year, if you guys can believe that. Super sad. And... Obviously, I just went on with my life and I sent him a million messages all the time. I wish you well. I wish you health. How are you doing? Da, da, da. But looking back, I really, really wish I would have not erased my episode because it was a great episode. And it was a story that should have been told because the guy was a major creepy player. And I think women need to be aware of, of certain men that do what this guy did to me. But anyway, the episode is gone. But most and foremost, a huge lesson that I took from this situation is that, you know, we need to stand our ground. And whoever, from that experience on, I was going to say, whoever is with us needs to be not only respectful of all we do, but proud of us proud of everything we do. If they're not, okay, they're not for us. 
And after that happened, although I've dated very, very few people, I tell them from the get-go, this is what I do. This is my Instagram. This is my website. This is the podcast. It's all over the place. If you want to listen to it, go for it. And if you feel intimidated or if it bothers you that I'm a woman that's going to speak freely about sex, about the subjects, you better find out now. And a lot of guys in the beginning, they're like, come, okay, we didn't get, but guess what? Sometimes they're not. So it's just, and I keep pounding and pounding and pounding this on almost every episode. It is so important to be upfront about what we do. It is so important to make sure the person that is with you likes you for who you are, whatever the hell your job is, whatever the hell it is that you do, don't change it for anyone. Don't change it for any date. The person that will be good for you will accept it, will appreciate it, will appreciate you, and will be proud of your work. So that was a big lesson for me. Big, big, big lesson for me. And last but not least... Um, I think the worst story by far of all my dating stories for sure was unfortunately the only serious relationship I had after Anthony died, which was with Ming Hoko. And if you guys didn't listen to the story, go back to season one because it's a crazy, crazy, crazy story. I was dating him for over a year and I was madly in love with this guy. I really, really was. I thought we were madly in love with each other. We were making plans to live together. And on my birthday, 2019, just before the pandemic, because my birthday is March 6th and they shut down the world March 13th. So I'm never going to forget that. He spent the whole day with me he brought me flowers of course we had amazing sex and then he told me he had a super important meeting at night and so he would make it up to me and take me out to dinner the next day and it turned out and the whole story is there on season one so i'm not gonna tell the whole story again turned out it wasn't a, a business dinner it was some woman that he was seeing and he took her to one of our favorite restaurants and my friend saw him and told me and I went there and I had to see it with my own eyes and he broke my heart. Now, this is what I'm telling you was the worst story that ever happened to me. A man hardly ever changes his ways. If he treats you with disrespect, if he treats you like shit once, it's very, very likely he will do it again. And in this case, this, if you guys believe that, my birthday was not the first time he was cheating on me and being a disgusting pig. One year before, on Valentine's Day, I was at his place waiting for him to come home. And he was having sex, dinner, and giving jewelry to another girl. He left her bed came home and jumped in bed with me. So that day that I found out that story, I should have broken up with him. And I didn't. I listened to his bullshit. I believed it. And I continued to date him. <laughs> so now I, I look back and I laugh about it because I think everything in life 
is a learning experience. And by the way, all the stories, you guys should go back to season one because they're all there in detail, the Valentine's Day from hell. If anybody has a worse story than mine of Valentine's Day, please let me know because I think mine takes the cake. But my point is, if something starts wrong, if a guy is disrespecting you at the beginning of a relationship, cheating on you, lying to you, treating you like shit, it's very, very likely that this behavior will continue. So guess what? Cut it sooner rather than later. In order for you to find the right person, you need to get rid of the wrong person. Otherwise, the right person will go by and you're not going to find them. So my message to you girlies out there that are still single like me or in unhappy relationships or in situationships or wondering what the hell is going on in the world. This is what I have to say. Every wrong person, every bad experience is a learning curve. All the bad dates I had, all the men that mistreated me, all the bullshit I've been through, including abuse, made me a very strong woman. Today, I know what I deserve. Today, I know what I'm looking for in a man. Don't settle. The right guy will come along and appreciate you with every little flaw you have, with all the beautiful, wonderful things you have. And that is key in any kind of relationship, situationship, love story. So I'm going to quote Carrie Bradshaw in Sex and the City. When she breaks up with the Russian Alexander in Paris, they were staying at my favorite hotel in the world, by the way, Plaza Tene. I used to go there every year with my husband for my birthday. I really miss that. So yeah, I would like to find a prince that takes me to Paris, to Pla the Plaza Tene, or at least to Paris, because it's my favorite place in the world. But anyway, this is what she says. And it's so powerful, and that's exactly how I feel, and I hope that's how all of us feel. I am someone who is looking for love, real love, ridiculous love, inconvenient, can't live without each other love. And if it's not here, if it's not where you are, walk away until you find it. I wish you guys an incredible Christmas weekend filled with health, love, happiness. I think material gifts are the least important on the list right now. I think the gift of love and, and happiness and health is should be on top of everyone's priority today and always. And I will come back with the New Year's message before I close the year. And I'll come back next year with new episodes. Thank you so much, each and every one of you that listens. Thank you for following my work. And I promise I listen to every single criticism, every single message. And I'll just try to get better and better, better for me and for all of you guys. Thank you. See you soon. Love you.